Hey, welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, the go-to business management podcast for Australian bookkeepers running a business. Tune in for practical lessons, inspiring stories, guest speakers and resources to help you work smarter in the way you do business. And now your host, Amy Hook, is here to help you build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love. Good morning. I hope you're having a great week. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about a topic that bookkeepers tend not to like too much, which is marketing. And I'm going to talk to you specifically about how to stand out. And specifically, we'll also be talking about branding as well as marketing. And so, you know, as bookkeepers, we can find it a bit challenging to figure out how to actually brand ourselves and our business in a way that makes us stand out, especially because standing out isn't exactly something that we necessarily like doing. So, um, you know, a lot of um, my colleagues look at me and think, oh, you know, Amy, you're really good at marketing. You're really natural at marketing. But the thing is, I haven't always been good at marketing. And I remember the first time that I was supposed to be focusing on marketing my bookkeeping business and looking for new clients. And I was so nervous. And I thought to myself, you know, why am I so nervous about being rejected? And then I realized you know, a lot of people assume that we're nervous because we don't, we, because we fear rejection. But for me, it was different. For me, I had a bunch of clients that weren't exactly ideal clients for my business. And so what was happening there was that I was avoiding marketing because I didn't, I was not afraid of rejection. I was afraid of acceptance. I was afraid of bringing on more clients that were like the ones that I had. And I remember sitting down and thinking to myself, this isn't, this isn't good. Like what, you know, why do I have these clients who I just don't enjoy working with and they just don't seem to appreciate me at all. You know, in fact, they're, you know, I, I don't know, like quite rude and intense and just, you know, I really wasn't, I was really struggling at the time. And then I thought to myself, hang on a second, why did I start my bookkeeping business up in the first place? I remember back when I was working, so for those of you who don't know, I started out working in an accounting firm, I was doing tax and uh, preparing financial reports for trusts and companies and I had been doing that for a season and then I wanted to go back to uni and my boss had decided to start a bookkeeping business within his practice and he said to me while you're at uni why don't you do bookkeeping that way you can work from home or you can go out to the client site and just have a bit more flexibility rather than the accounting role which required me to be in the office for 40 hours a week so I thought all right I'll give it a go and I actually really enjoyed it and the reason that I enjoyed it is because I loved being around the clients, you know, whether, you know, back, back then it was mostly going on site with the clients. Occasionally clients would send things in and I could either work on it from home or I could work from it from my own office in the city. And I just thought this is fantastic. I loved being around those clients and I thought to myself, okay, the reason I started my business in the first place is because I have had great clients before. I'd just forgotten because I was sort of surrounded by these clients who just weren't a good fit for me and I hadn't actually realized that. So once I realized that, I thought, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out, you know, like who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with. And that way I can actually start to shape the business that I want to, the way that I want to. And that's, you know, I realized that's going to take the fear away from doing the marketing because for me, it wasn't about getting rejected at all. That's what I thought it was, but actually it was not. It was, it was complete opposite. I didn't want to get accepted by clients who didn't value me. So over the years, since I started Savvy and, you know, since I've, uh, been working with so many other bookkeepers, we've actually put together some some branding guidelines that we feel that can you know can help other bookkeepers, and it's come from both my experience and also from my marketing team and their experience helping me market both off the hook bookkeeping, my bookkeeping business, and the Savvy Bookkeeper, which is geared towards helping bookkeepers to price for profit and also to market their services. And so in this episode, I'm going to help you to understand who you are, what you offer and who you really want to work with and how to catch the eye of potential business owners and potential clients and to make sure that they choose you over every other bookkeeping business out there. Because the reality is when somebody comes to you, unless they're a referral where, you know, it's in the bag, basically, if somebody approaches you through your website or through a networking meeting or 
through, I don't know, putting flyers out or going door to door and meeting business owners or whatever method you choose to, to get yourself out there, whether it's on social media, what's going to be happening is when people are looking for a bookkeeper, they're going to be looking at other bookkeepers at the same time. That's just a reality. So how do you get chosen over the other bookkeepers? I believe that branding is a huge part of it. And so a lot of people think that branding is something that's only for big companies, but it's something that, you know, the principles can be applied to all kinds of small businesses, including bookkeeping. So let's talk a little bit about it. I'm going to specifically focus on five areas. So the first one is about identifying or defining your competition. Now you might be thinking, Amy, we're not competitors, we're friends. You know, I hear this all the time. As bookkeepers, we're a pretty tight-knit community and many of us are friends or at least friendly with one another. And so, you know, that's why most bookkeepers never talk about competition because we see each other as not each other's competition. You know, you very commonly hear there's a lot of work out there, you know, there's enough for everything. But the fact is it's actually, you know, a reality that, other bookkeepers are our competitors, but it's not just other bookkeepers that are our competitors. So just because we're friendly towards each other, it doesn't mean that we're not in competition with each other when it comes to having a business owner choose us over another bookkeeper or another alternative. So rather than just thinking about other bookkeepers, I want you to think about what are the other alternatives. So because we're a tight knit community over the years, we've gone less and less about seeing each other as competition and we're more supportive. And so I think that is fantastic. Well, I think the, the community support in the bookkeeping industry is amazing. And, you know, but the problem with that is the, the bookkeepers actually truly believe that they no longer have competitors. So, um, you know, uh, you know, have a think about some um, conversations that you've heard, you know, in um, a Facebook group or maybe at a coffee club or some kind of bookkeeper meetup where you have heard bookkeepers talking about some of these competitors. Are they talking about other bookkeeping businesses? No, it's very, it's actually very rare, but you might hear them talking about accountants. Yes, that's correct. So accountants are also our competitors. And I'm sure at some point in your career running our own bookkeeping business that you would have noticed this, that we are in competition with accounting practices or solo accountants because accountants want to offer bookkeeping services to their clients. Now, it is debatable about whether um, a, a lot of accountants really know how to do bookkeeping. In my experience, the answer is, uh, you know, a lot of the time it's no, they don't. Um, but unfortunately... I have also seen a lot of poor quality work from bookkeepers as well. So, you know, like bookkeeping is a specialization and just because somebody understands accounting, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're good at bookkeeping. And so accountants are our competitors, um, you know, on some level, of course, you know, we're always working towards having good relationships with accountants who have, you know, a healthy perspective and they're not, I mean, you cannot work, alongside or in a partnership with an accountant who is your competitor. That is a reality, but you've got to be able to tell the difference. You've got to be able to tell, is this, is this accountant my friend or are they my competitor? And so it's really important to actually define that because the worst thing you can do is get in a partnership with an accountant who's going to convince your clients to leave you. Um, the other instance might not be an accountant that you're in partnership, but it could be, um, let's say you're working with a client um, or a client comes to you and starts working with you and they've got an accountant and then at some point in the relationship, the accountant convinces them, an accountant that they already have or even a new accountant convinces them, come to us, we'll do the bookkeeping. The benefit is that it will be all under one roof. It'll be all under one house and, and that kind of thing. They might say things like that they can offer the service at, um, for a more affordable price. Um, usually, look, I worked in an accounting practice for many years, um, both in the accounting practice itself and in the internal bookkeeping practice. And I can tell you now, um, you know, inside the accounting practices, there's a much less of a focus of, you know, checking tax invoices and things like that. We just code off the bank statement. That's how we used to do it. So, um, you know, of course you can offer a more affordable price if you're just coding off the bank statement. And so an accountant can tell a client, um, you know, well, we're just going to do it like this. And then when the bookkeeper says, well, they're just going to be coding off the bank statement, whereas we're going to be checking the tax invoices, the, you know, the client can just see it. Well, you know, yeah, well, isn't it better just to code off the, the bank statements? Why do you have to go to the detail of having a look at all the tax invoices and making sure you've got those? 
And so what happens is then, you know, you're in competition with accountants. Um, you, you know, you're in a, you're in a battle um, that, you know, unfortunately gets lost far too many times because uh, business owners hold their accountants in high respect in comparison to the bookkeeper. They see the bookkeeper, you know, a lot of people think that a bookkeeper is like a sub accountant, like an accountant is like this level of a bookkeeper and a bookkeeper is like a, this level of a bookkeeper or accountant. So they see it as like, like a hierarchy. And unfortunately they, I mean, look, I think they're two different things. They are related. They are closely related and, you know, bookkeeping is the first, one part of the process and accounting is the second part of the process. But actually the reality is it's all accounting. Like it's all accounting. It's like there's bookkeeping is accounting. So um, it's just that, you know, there's different areas of accounting and, you know, unfortunately we are in a position where accountants are perceived as, being higher in authority when it comes to the client decision making. And so unfortunately, if you've got an accountant who overrides your decision, even if that accountant is incorrect, the client will very often go with the accountant. And that's why we're in competition with accountants because there is a, there is a relationship there that doesn't exactly work. And the, one of the reasons it doesn't work is because bookkeepers and accountants also don't understand what one another does. Um, and I think more so from the accountant side, I think a lot of, I've listened to accountants talk about bookkeepers and accountants don't actually understand what bookkeepers actually do. Um, you know, bookkeeping isn't data entry. Um, data entry is data entry, you know, book um, data entry is a very small part of bookkeeping, but what we do for our clients is, is far more holistic than that. And it's far more in depth, but um, unfortunately, unless you're able to sh demonstrate that or present that, to a client, then they're not going to be able to differentiate. And this is where branding comes in. So another competitor that you might not have thought of, or maybe you have, is offshore bookkeeping companies or anyone who's offering offshore bookkeeping companies. So obviously, again, you've got that, that, that thing about perceived value. So yes, people might perceive that an offshore bookkeeper might have a bit of a lower skill level, but they don't mind because it's so cheap compared to what bookkeepers in Australia are offering as their rates. So offshore bookkeeping, um, is, is another service or another alternative. It's another place that people can spend their money and get, um, a, get the same or a similar service completed by somebody else for a different, um, for a different price. And so whether it's accountants or whether it's offshore bookkeepers, we need to actually really think about what is our point of difference? What do we offer that an accountant cannot offer? And, you know, personally, I think it's that, you know, that one-to-one -one regular um, intimate connection and service where there's that, you know, high level of availability and a lot of understanding of what's going in on, on in the business on a day-to-day -day basis, which is just, you know, you can't, um, you know, if that's something that client values, then they will definitely prefer to have you do their bookkeeping than their accountant. Whereas if they don't care about that, if they just want a cheap price and code it off the bank statement, you know, bingo, bango, bongo, they're not using the, um, you know, they're not using the data to make decisions or anything like that. They're just using it to get their tax return done. Then that's fine. They're probably better off just staying with their accountant. Um, but, you know, so for you to be able to pick out what are those differences, you know, with offshore bookkeeping, what is the advantage of somebody hiring you versus an offshore bookkeeper? Um, and so that's something that you really need to think about when you're doing your branding because business owners are smart. You know, it's not just the offshoring companies or the accountants or bookkeepers who are on selling offshoring um, these days, but business owners go directly. You know, any business owner can go online and hire an online offshore bookkeeper if they want to. You know, business owners are pretty savvy these days. They know how to make the technology work. And there's a lot of companies offering this kind of service, but there's also a lot of bookkeepers offering it directly. And so, um, you know, the reason that a business owner might go with an alternative is because they don't understand the difference. And so that's our job to help them to understand the difference. Now, there's another competitor out there that you have probably never, ever thought of as a competitor. And a lot of bookkeepers, when I bring this up, they always kind of laugh and they go, oh my gosh, I never actually thought of that, but it's actually true. Um, you know, have you ever thought of the software companies as competitors. We always think the software companies are our friends. Yes, QuickBooks and Xero and MYB and Reckon and whoever else is out there. We don't know if any other softwares exist because those are the big four in the industry. Um, and 
we all think that these companies are our friends. And yes, on some level, they're absolutely our friends, you know, because of these, um, the, the companies uh, and their investment in the software technology, we're able to live a fantastic lifestyle where we can work from home, we can run rather large companies just from, you know, from the spare room in our house and all that kind of thing. You know, we can attend amazing conferences with comedians and dinners and flights and, you know, drunken bookkeepers everywhere and things like that. And so, um, <laughs> um, you know, basically when, um, yes, on some level, the software companies are our friends, but on another level, uh, the software companies are actually our competitors. And so the reason I say that is because all you need to do is have a look at the marketing. You, you have a look at the marketing message that comes from these companies. So the marketing message out there is that anybody can be a bookkeeper. All you need to do is install this software program and bingo, bango, bongo, you can get your bookkeeping done in a second. You know, all you have to do is wait till the button turns green and says, okay, and then you just click it and then it's all done. Bank feeds, they've transformed the world and everything that you do, you know, if you have one of these software programs, it will basically do your bookkeeping for you. So why do you even need a bookkeeper? Now, obviously that's going a little bit extreme. So they're not literally saying that, but they're kind of saying that. And so I think that the messaging that comes from the, um, from the software companies makes bookkeeping seem a lot easier than it actually is. And so I believe that that's part of the reason that bookkeepers struggle so much to differentiate themselves because everybody thinks that they, you know, so many times I've heard bookkeepers say that a business owner said to them, oh, but I thought the software did all that. So why is it taking so long? And they don't actually realize the process of bookkeeping, but you know, that's up to us. We need to educate clients and teach them. You know, I always tell a funny story about how, oh, I thought that, you know, I thought that zero did my I, you know, I thought Zero did my bookkeeping and bass for me. And then one night, it was a, it was 11 o'clock at night. It was almost midnight. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, I forgot to watch my bass. And I got up and with an hour to spare, I quickly went through and I checked all my GST transactions and I went in there to, you know, and I had to do all of that. And, you know, I was shocked to lock into the data file and realize that Zero hadn't actually done my bookkeeping for me and it hadn't actually lodged my bass and I still had to do the work myself. And so I always make that, you know, make that little joke that, you know, Hey, the software is great. It's fantastic. It definitely speeds things up and it makes us able to, you know, um, collaborate with business owners via the cloud. And, you know, we can do um, all sorts of things that we could never do even a couple of years ago. Gosh, does anyone remember, uh, does anyone remember like synchronizing the data files through Dropbox for MYB and then the client opens it while you're working in it and then you end up with a duplicate file and all of the nightmares that go with that. Or prior to that, it was, you know, they drop off a disc with a little, with a backup on there and things like that. And then, you, you know, you save it on your computer and forget where you saved it. <laughs> and then you're like, is this the, is this the one that was the original one? And then all this sort of stuff. So I just remember, I remember that. I remember the days where we didn't have the technology um, and, you know, we're waiting for the client to drop off their disc and all that sort of stuff. And gosh, there's probably bookkeepers who can remember whatever came before that. I don't really know. I started bookkeeping when GST came in. So my very first job in bookkeeping, aside from, you know, um, working in accounts for my dad um, on school holidays <laughs> as, a, as a young teenager, I used to have the lovely job of entering the ABNs on every single supplier record for an entire manufacturing company that I worked for. <laughs> so that was really fun. Um, but before that, I don't know what they did. I think they brought in ledger books. Gosh, I still remember. I mean, look, clients, there are still clients out there that have ledger books. I do realize this, but um, yes. Anyway, let's not go there. So you're starting to get the picture. So already there's three competitors that you probably hadn't exactly heard of. And so when that client's sitting with you in a new client meeting, that client is thinking, um, they're thinking about their accountant who might be able to do it. They're thinking about maybe an offshore bookkeeper could save them a bit of money, or maybe they don't need a bookkeeper. Maybe the software is going to do it all for them. And so, um, and then there's another competitor that you probably never thought of as well. What about the client's wife? The client's wife is a competitor. Okay. Surely they're not running a business, but at the same time, that's an alternative to where they could get their service done. So have a think about why it's better for you 
to do their bookkeeping for them, why it's better for their marriage, why it's better for their relationship with one another and the fact that they can have free time together and things like that. So have a bit of a think about why it's better um, for you to do the bookkeeping than the, a wife or a family member or a friend. And then the, the last one is really about them, you know? you're competing against a client doing it themselves. So, um, you know, this is something you need to think about when you're developing your branding, you need to think about who your competitors are and then start to weave those differences into your marketing message. You can put it on your website, you can put it, include it in your, you know, if you give any talks at networking meetings and things like that on your social media posts and everything, you know, once you've done this, you're going to be your heads and shoulders above other bookkeepers that might be in competition with you because the typical responses that I get when I say to bookkeepers, do you know who your competitors are? There's four typical responses. So the first one is all other bookkeepers. So they think every other bookkeeper is their competitor, which isn't correct. Um, the second response is that they don't have any. Um, the third response is that they don't know. And the fourth response is that they don't care. And so obviously the first one's way too broad. Because no, not all other bookkeepers are your competitors. Other bookkeepers, you know, some other bookkeepers might offer a different service to you or they might not be a good fit or they might not use the same software. Um, and the second one that you don't have any competitors is actually quite a naive way to look at it um, and to just simply not know. Obviously, that is ignorant because there are, of course, there's other competitors out there and now you know who they are. And so it's really important that, you know, to have that sense of awareness and to be able to do that. And then the fourth one, I don't care. Well, that's just plain old a bad idea, which is why I wanted to, to help you with this because, you know, self-awareness is highly important and awareness of others and the way they see things is, is vital to having positive interactions in the world as well as in business. And so when I first started out, I was in category two. I truly believed I did not have any competitors. I used to feel that, you know, I was so unique and I believed that I was better off not knowing who my competitors were. And so a lot of you will be in that boat um, and that's okay. You know, I worried that it would make me feel insecure if I just, just decided in my mind that I don't have any competitors and I just choose not to think about it. Um, and so I went through, you know, when I started to really seriously think about it, I realized, you know, I went through a process of changing the way that I thought about it and actually identify my compet competitors so that I can start to brand my business effectively by putting myself in the business owner's shoes. Obviously, I've just talked a lot about, you know, com competition from the viewpoint of the bookkeeper, but what about um, competition from the client's viewpoint? So you'll find there's a big shift. Once you move away from offering bookkeeping directly to clients yourself to employing bookkeepers, and this is what I went through. I've shared about this so many times. When I was running Savvy and I had to, had to actually hire my own bookkeepers to do our internal bookkeeping, it became clear that some bookkeepers didn't actually understand what we wanted from them or our need, what we needed. And so what this did was it increased our empathy as a company for business owners. And, you know, it helped us to become more business focused or um, client focused than to be self focused. And, it, and, you know, because when you're really self-focused and, you know, you're thinking you're the only bookkeeper that doesn't have any competitors and, and you're only thinking from the bookkeeper's perspective, then you're missing out on being able to work with some great clients. And then also you just won't see it coming when you lose a client because you won't fully understand the, the threats. So putting yourself in the client's shoes. So imagine you're a business owner and you're online and you're looking for a bookkeeper. And so I forgot to mention, this is actually point number two. So point, point, number two, point number one was obviously identifying your competition. Point number two is becoming client focused. So this is absolutely key in your branding. And so, yeah, so imagine you're a, you're a business owner and you've just jumped onto Google and you're thinking, I would love to get a bookkeeper for my business. And on Google, you type in bookkeeper and your suburb and up pops a list of entries and you ignore the first three because they're ads and nobody likes ads. And then you right click on the first three real listings and open them in three separate tabs. And if you're not listed in the top three on page one, the chances of being clicked on are less than 5%. So I don't mean to brag, but I am a gun at SEO. I've been studying SEO for a number of years. And so I've learned the stats 
there are a number of statistics and numbers that you can use to predict how many people are going to visit your site based on what your ranking is. Um, but anyway, let's not divert. Let's stick to the, to the client experience. So basically, if you've never hired a bookkeeper before, which is pretty common because I've only ever met one other bookkeeper aside from myself that doesn't do their own bookkeeping. Um, um, and I'm not talking about hiring bookkeepers as staff members to do your client work. I'm talking about hiring bookkeepers to do your own bookkeeping, as in hiring the bookkeeper from, as a business owner from the business owner's perspective. If you do that, you'll quickly realize that you don't know what you're looking for. But when you bring up those first three websites that come up on a Google search, you, you, you probably get confused because all of the bookkeeper websites are pretty much the same. They're really generic. They're full of jargon. They're all talking about how great the bookkeeper is and all of the qualifications that the bookkeeper has and all of the memberships that the bookkeeper has. And I remember doing this and I was thinking, oh my gosh, like I can't tell the difference between like which one can help me or not. And I found it actually really frustrating. Anyway, you don't have to believe my word for it. What you just, what you should do is go to your computer right now and just Google bookkeeper and your suburb and open the top, the first three non paid advertising listings and have a look and tell me, you tell me if you can differentiate now, occasionally, I mean, bookkeeping websites have picked up a lot in the last couple of years. And I'd like to think that we have something to do <laughs> with the facelift that's happening in the bookkeeping industry on the websites, but there's still a lot of outdated websites out there that really don't explain to the bookkeeper. Um, you know, there's a lot of words on the website, but a lot of it's not really meaningful as a business owner who's just looking for someone to help them. So I recommend that you try that um, and please come and give me your feedback about what you find. I love hearing back um, from, yeah, from people that try this and then they say, oh my gosh, I did this and this was my experience. It's actually quite fun. Okay, so when a business owner visits those three sites, they're gonna go and they're gonna see the exact same message. And I'm gonna tell you what that message is. The message is this. They're gonna see three websites that say, we take care of the bookkeeping so that you can take care of your business. Um, or some variation of this very generic, very broad, very cheesy industry value proposition that every bookkeeper has on their website. So how are they supposed to tell the difference? It's like, oh, every bookkeeper takes care of the bookkeeping so that I can take care of my business. And I don't know, I don't think that this is a good value proposition. Like it's, 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 way, it's way too generic and it doesn't help the business owner to understand anything. And so this is something that we're, you know, this is part of what we do at Savvy. We help bookkeepers to actually differentiate themselves um, because I, I think it's really important so that business owners can connect with the bookkeepers who are the right fit for them. And I can tell you now, so bookkeepers hate being compared on price, but unfortunately, if you don't differentiate yourself, that's the only way that the business owner can compare price and location. So if there's no prices to compare and the location is unclear as well, then the business owner is probably just going to close their browser and go and have a coffee and then completely forget about hiring a bookkeeper until next quarter and never come back again. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not all bad news. Like obviously I've shared a fair bit of the doom and gloom side of things and, you know, I've pointed out a lot of negative things. So don't feel bad because on the flip side, this is what makes it super easy to stand out in the sea of bookkeepers. It is so easy. You don't need to actually do that much of a change to stand out. Um, when you think about it from a client perspective, ask yourself, what is the first thing the person sees when they see my business? And then you're already well on your way to being a huge step ahead of your competition. So once you've got a clear idea of what every other bookkeeper's website looks like or what every other bookkeeper's branding looks like or what their offerings are and how they convey those, you probably start to realize how confusing this is for clients and that is not what you want to do. Which brings me to number three, which is five things to avoid on your branding. And so this bit here, this is a section, I'm going to talk about five things that you should really get clear about not doing. Because, so website design is my area of expertise, uh, website design, um, branding and SEO. And so I'm gonna use websites as an example for what bookkeepers often do, but shouldn't. Now, most of this can be applied to all aspects of your branding. And so here they are. So number one is a lack of purpose. And so I mentioned this before, we take care of the books so you can take care of your business. I, yeah, 
I've already told you, I've already said this. Um, and I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt your feelings if this is your exact tagline, but it is the tagline of every other bookkeeping business in Australia. So by saying that, you're not actually making yourself unique. Um, I remember when I first heard that tagline, I was like, oh my goodness, that's so wonderful. Like, what a great idea. And, you know, I don't know. But it's not cool when the business owner sees exactly the same thing. And it's also not cool when you realize that other industries also have that same tagline. And also when you realize as a business owner that once the bookkeeping takes the bookkeeping off of your hands, you've got heaps of other issues to deal with. And so I think sometimes we position ourselves like as in, hey, if you let me do your bookkeeping, you'll be completely free to do all of the things that you always want to do in your business. And that's also not true. Um, you know, and business owners know that they know that when the bookkeeping's freed up, like let's say it frees them up like two hours a week or two hours a quarter, it doesn't really matter. That's like only a tip of the iceberg of all of the other things that the business owner is trying to deal with. And so I think we need to be really clear about a, spe a more specific purpose, um, you know, to be able to communicate that with the, with the type of business owners that you want to work with. So number two is a lack of clar clarity. And I've heard this so many times. Um, I've, I've got a questionnaire. So when people come and do their websites with me, there's a questionnaire and the, the questionnaire basically says um, about, ask them about their target market. So it asks a series of questions. They're multiple choice questions. So they're nice and easy. You just have to pick them. Um, and this is the typical thing that comes back from, you know, selecting the various options on the form. Uh, we work with all types of businesses in any type of industry from $50,000 turnover to $10 million turnover with zero to a hundred staff um, business owners with anything from um, no qualifications through to a cert three through to a, a postgraduate degree um, people with or without families, people who are married or not married aged between 18 and 65 years of age. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay. So your target market is every single business owner in Australia. Great. Uh, we've got a fair bit of work to do on your website to target all of those people. Then. And so, you know, that's a very common thing. We work with businesses of all sizes and all industries. Now there's nothing wrong with working in a variety of industries. There's nothing wrong with liking, um, you know, variety in your work. And so there's, um, there's, a, so because a lot of bookkeepers thought, you know, when I, when I think about having a niche or something like that, I have to limit myself. So I actually came up with three different types of niches. So you've got um, a horizontal niche, a vertical niche and a diagonal niche, which I'll actually quickly tell you about. It's just so interesting. And if I remember, I'll actually put a link in the podcast notes for you. So a vertical niche is the type of niche that we commonly think about when we talk about niches. So this is where you specialize within a specific industry. For example, if you work with tradies or hospitality businesses or health industry. So if you love variety and you feel limited to only work in one, if you were to only work in one industry, you might consider horizontal or diagonal niche. Okay. So horizontal niche is one where you go across various industries, but you base on a specific business criteria such as size or stage of business. So for example, you might work with startups or you might work with established businesses, or you might work with businesses with X size turnover or X size of payroll size or whatever. Another example of a horizontal niche could be the type of specific software programs that they use. And so the diagonal niche is the third one, which is awesome for people who love variety. This is about the type of people you like to work with. So you're thinking about um, psychographics and demographics. So, you, for example, you might enjoy working with women who work from home or people in their 40s and 50s who care about the environment. Um, it can also include characteristics of people, like people who are proactive, people who aren't good with numbers or clients who just value the bookkeeping service. So there's all types of things, but a really good way to actually work out your niche is to make a list. Okay, actually you can do this right now. You can just make the list in your head, but you need to go and make it on paper afterwards. I want you to picture your worst client of all time. The one that you just least enjoyed working with. And I know that person is already in your head right now. All you need to do is list their top five characteristics, the top five things that you do not like about that person. And then you write the opposite to those five things. And that's the person that you most love working with, the characteristics of people that you really enjoy working with. And this will help you because you, once you do this, you'll have defined this ideal client of yours. And I know it sounds so cheesy to have an ideal client. We always think, oh, there's no ideal clients out there in the world. Well, actually there is. Okay. So there are, there's no perfect person in the world, but there's definitely an ideal client 
for you and there's a client who's not ideal. And so usually it's quite distinct because usually the characteristics that you dislike working with in people are characteristics that they kind of bundle together in the same person. And so what you can do is once you recognize them, you can get on the phone to a new client consult and you can go, oh, I think this is one of those people on the list that I, you know, of people that I don't exactly enjoy working with. And so you can choose not to work with them. It's actually, it's actually really cool. And so number three is, uh, you know, about being up to, <laughs> up to date, being modern. And so often I, I, I really don't want to sound mean here, but if I, if I'm looking for a bookkeeper and then I open up these three websites and I just see a picture of a middle-aged woman with a 1980s hairstyle on an old style of website with a clip art looking logo and like, you know, everything's burgundy, then, you know, okay, like I get it. We're 85% female industry for a start and 60% of bookkeepers are aged between 45 and 65 years of age. But just because that is your demographic or, generation it doesn't mean that your branding has to look outdated so you're still as relevant in your field as you were when you're in your 20s and 30s and your website needs to reflect your expertise and so if that means you know um you know getting a photo getting a professional photo done you know have your hair done put on like way more makeup than what you would wear normally in real life because what happens is when you get your photos taken it washes you out um, so it's, it's really awkward. I don't wear, like wearing a lot of makeup, but unfortunately when you get photos done, you have to actually wear a, quite a bit of makeup. And especially if you're going to try and do your own selfies, um, I will actually include a link. There's a really good article on LinkedIn, which tells you how to do your own headshot. If you look, you can get your own headshot done. You can get a friend or a family member to help you to do it, or you can even do it yourself. And there's a couple of tips that you can follow, but you need to make sure that you're well presented and that you've got, you know, you want to smile or at least look friendly and, you know, just go to a little bit of an effort because this is, you know, these are business owners who are coming to work with you. They, they want you to come across as, um, you know, as professional. And so, you know, don't just put up a picture of you, you know, selfie, like having a glass of wine with your girlfriend on the weekend kind of thing. Like, you know, make a bit of an effort to appear professional, but you don't have to be over the top professional as well. You just want to communicate the type of person that you are. And so if the website is outdated or it's making you look, you know, older than you actually are, or it's making you look, you know, like just outdated, then that's not good. So number four is all about jargon. So if I go on, if I'm a business owner and I go on a website and the website's like we GST, blah, 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 compliance, blah, 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 data entry, blah, blah, streamline, blah, reconciliations, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to think to myself, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what a reconciliation is. Like bookkeepers talk about reconciliations all the time and I don't even know what a reconciliation is. What is a reconciliation? Every time I look at the bookkeeper's invoice, it says that she's reconciling things. And every time I speak to her, she says that she's reconciling things and I don't even know what a reconciliation is. What on earth is a reconciliation? So business owners don't necessarily know what all of these words mean. And then there's words like, I mean, compliance, like that's a scary word. <laughs> so you don't want to go over the top using bookkeeper jargon or ATO jargon. You know, I think there was a time in bookkeeping history where our approach was to like scare the absolute, absolute pants out of business owners and put the, you know, put the fear of the Lord or whatever into them. You, you know, you want to put the fear of the ATO and like, if you don't lodge your bass on time, you're going to go to jail and stuff like that. And so even though, okay, obviously we probably don't actually say that, but some, sometimes you'll notice, or you may not actually notice because you're so used to it, but the websites, bookkeepers websites are full of jargon. And like, sometimes it sounds really scary. And as a business owner, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, they're like a secret agent for the ATO. And okay, yes, we're BAS agents, but I don't think necessarily a BAS agent doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're an agent for the ATO. I like to think of ourselves more as like a, a mediator between the ATO. So um, I always use like, um, you know, just imagine, I don't know if you're religious, but I am. Um, <laughs> okay. Imagine like the ATO is God and then like um, all the business owners and taxpayers are just like, you know, regular sinners. So the bass agents are like Jesus. 
We're the mediators. So what we do is, so, you know, so the regular, you know, the regular people, are, you know, they're out there sort of doing all of their things and they're, you know, um, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of God because he's really scary and, you know, all this kind of thing. And so they're thinking, oh my gosh, like he's got all these rules and I don't understand the rules and, you know, like I'm going to get in trouble and, you know, all that kind of thing. And so basically the reason that I think that um, Bass agents are like Jesus is because, you know, like obviously Jesus was God came to earth as a man to say, hey, I'm not as scary as you guys think that I am. So here, instead of you being so scared about all of these rules, I'm going to show you how to implement them. I'm going to show you how to live them out in real life so that you don't have to be afraid. And I'm going to show you how to do the right thing and how to be a kind person and how to, you know, pay your staff on time and how to organize your financial records and how to make sure that you keep your records for five years and and, you know, make sure that you have a tax invoice available. And I'm going to show you how to do that. I'm going to imp help you to implement that. And it's not going to be so scary. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if you like that analogy, but I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I feel that as bass agents, we're not like these, you know, scary um, agents for the ATO. We're like these, you know, these helpful, like, people that have come to serve the world of business and help them to translate the ATO jargon into everyday language so that they can understand it and so that they don't have to be scared and so that they, you know, feel that it's actually a joy to do the right thing and they recognise that, you know, by, by doing these things, they're actually laying a really healthy foundation. They're building their house on the rock instead of the sand so that when the storm comes, they're not going to, you know, the house isn't going to fall down so so that's how I like to think about you know us as as bass agents our job is to make the jargon seem less jargony so if we fill our website with jargon it's just going to sound all religious and stuff so we just have to be a little bit more like Jesus in our bass agentness so and the fourth one that was the fourth one the fifth one is self-focus so I've yeah this one is really funny. Like, I don't think anyone means to do this, but you go on a bookkeeper's website and it's like, we do this, we do that. We have this qualification. We're registered with this professional body. We use this software. We're experts. And we, oh my gosh, this is my least favorite. We pride ourselves in dot, 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 fill in the blank. So I don't know about you, but it's a little bit off-putting when you're looking for a service and the person spends more time telling you how great they are than listening to you and working out your problems and offering solutions. So being client focused is absolutely critical when it comes to branding and you need to learn how to take the focus off of yourself and put it onto the client. And it's not as easy to do. Like we, I guess we all like to think that we are focused on others and it's easy to focus on ourselves. But you, what we need to do is think about, you know, if you, if you say, for example, we have this qualification, what I want you to do is after each one of these items, I want you to ask yourself, so what? Like imagine yourself as the client and go, okay, why should I care that you have that qualification? What does that mean for me? And then that way, if you ever say we have this qualification or I have this qualification, follow up with what this means for you is and show them what it actually means for you. And so this is something that we do on all of our clients' websites. We make sure that whenever we mention a software or a registration or a professional body or any kind of expertise, we always turn it back to the client. What does it mean for the client? How does you being an expert in X, Y, and Z help the client in their own X, Y, and Z? And uh, now I'm up to the, fi the final point in, in this um, episode, which is really about um, working on your business plan. Now, I'm sure you're probably sick of me talking about working on your business plan, but the reason that it's so irritating to hear me go on and on and on about this is because you probably haven't done it yet. Either that or you've done it and you're like, okay, Amy, I've already done it. But it's probably more likely that you haven't done it. So what if you actually do your business plan and you know, I'll give you a copy of the business plan for free. You don't need to um, pay me anything for it. You can go and you can do it on your own. It's got instructions in there and you can actually go through and fill the business plan out on your own. And so the reason I want you to do a business plan is because that, the, or the way that helps you with your branding is that you understand the big picture of the business and where you're actually headed. 
And so having a clear and up-to-date business plan is so important um, when, you know, if you want to succeed in business, but also with your branding, they are really that important. And that's why I keep going on about it because I read an ICB statistic that said only 20% of bookkeepers running a business have business plans. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're crazy. And I was one of them, you know, I was, I'm not saying like I'm this perfect bookkeeper who had a business plan. I was like, Oh my gosh, like all these other bookkeepers don't have business plans. No, I was one of them. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, why don't we have business plans? We're running businesses. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. And so I kind of, this is what kicked off savvy. I was like, I am on a mission to like make bookkeepers get business plans. Like, yeah. So anyway, I mean, I don't know how many bookkeepers have done our business plans yet, but I could check it out. I reckon it's probably close, maybe 600 people or something, maybe even more. So I'd love to see thousands and thousands of bookkeepers completing their business plans. It would be really great to see that, you know, the business plan gives you a snapshot of your big picture, where you are and where you're headed. And then when you're clearer about where you're headed, your clients can actually, you know, but that will come across to them. So we always talk about repositioning ourselves with our clients, repositioning ourselves as an expert in our field. Well, we don't need to do that. This is how you need to reposition yourself. I'm a business owner just like you. That's it. <laughs> that's what I teach. If you ever want to do any of my programs, now you don't need to do them because that's what I teach in my programs. I teach you to reposition yourself as I'm a business owner just like you because what happens is bookkeepers start working for business owners and the business owner sees the bookkeeper as their employee, one of their employees. And so, you know, in order to shift that, you need to reposition yourself as equal with the business owner. Now, obviously you're still submitted to the business owner because they're the head of the company and you're, you know, you know, you're helping them implement their goals. But at the same time, you're a business owner just like them. And once you're able to convey that, you'll be able to com communicate so many different things you know once you're once you reposition yourself as a business owner just like them you actually win credibility with the client like this is how I've actually managed to get my advisory clients because I don't go oh I'm just a bookkeeper I can just do your bookkeeping and you know maybe maybe if you want some extra help with reports I can give you you know I can give you some more report reports and you know that you know a lot of look we're always talking about how business owners don't care about reports and they don't want them and things like that but that's because we're taking the wrong approach we say yeah you know I've been through this myself I'm a business owner just like you and I've been through the struggles and the growth and the hiring issues and the streamlining of processes and working out the budget and making sure that I've got a business plan. I know what it's like. I know where you're at and I can help you because I have been there and I am not there anymore. And I'm able to now help you through that process. And once you get to that place, I mean, obviously you've got to go through that journey yourself, but once you get there, you will be repositioned in the eyes of your client. I'm a business owner, just like you. And so the reason you need to have a business plan is because business plans are for business owners and business owners have business plans. That's, you know, if, if I can make it as simple as possible, if you're going to be a business owner, you need a business plan. If you don't have a business plan, you're not a business owner. <laughs> okay. It's probably a little bit silly, but you know, I like to be silly. Just, you know, it helps us to learn and take in information. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I really recommend that you understand your business and where you're headed because once you do, you'll have that confidence to be able to speak to business owners on a different level and that's what's really going to help you. So business plan template, I'll include the link for you in the podcast notes and you can get a copy of that. There's a whole section on branding and marketing in there. So you can fill that out and that's going to, and there's a whole section on understanding your clients and defining your, um, your niche. And it goes through some of the things that I talked about and it will help you work through that process. And, um, uh, personally in my business, I actually use live plan. So in my bookkeeping business, I use live plan with my clients. I used to use it with bookkeepers. Um, in our programs, but now it's just a case of if they want to use it, they actually choose to use it themselves. It's not actually part of our program anymore. Um, however, we do recommend it because it's a very good place to get all of that information out of your head into some kind of structure. You can build your financial forecasts and things like that in there, but you can also use it as a consulting tool for your clients. So I definitely recommend that. Anyway, hopefully that was really helpful for you and hopefully you've got you know a much better idea about where you stand within the your industry and where, where you're positioned against your competitors. And you understand now that you have competitors 
and that there's a whole bunch of things that you can start to look at, you know, within your branding and on your website that can really help you stand out to clients so that when the business owner comes to you, that they're able to make that decision uh, quickly and as painlessly as possible. And you're able to connect with that person and to really be able to, you know, meet with that person as an equal. I'm a business owner, just like you. Um, but I also am very good at bookkeeping and you're not, so <laughs> you should definitely hire me. Um, uh, so yeah, hopefully that's been helpful. Grab a copy of the business plan, check out life plan. If you think that's something that you might be interested in, a lot of consulting tools these days are quite expensive. Life plans, 180 us dollars a year. So it's, it's not as expensive as some of the other tools out there. Um, I would like to explore some more of these tools in a little while. So I'm going to probably be doing some episodes. I guess I'll wait and see how interested you guys are in it. But I was thinking of doing a series reviewing a whole bunch of different software platforms, but I'll probably do it on, I'll probably do it on YouTube because I think I need to share my screen. Um, but yeah, let me know if that's something you're interested in. And again, I did mention this last week, but I'd love to ask you again, if you would go onto the podcast app that you're listening to right now and open it and then scroll down to the bit where there's some stars click on the stars and write a nice little review for me um yeah even if it's just one line just let me know i really love the feedback um and if you leave me a review and you're in our and you're already in our database then i will send you a couple of health check templates as a bonus and if you're not already in our database, you can go to the savvybookkeeper.com.au forward slash podcast and scroll to the bottom of that page and you can join, you can subscribe to podcast updates. So you'll get an email every Friday to let you know about the new um, podcast episode that's come out because I come on here and talk every Friday. So I'm looking forward to um, speaking to you next week. So next week I have two very special guests coming to join me who you may or may not already know from the world of social media. So we've got James Gatwood and Peter Nelson, and they have formed a group called IT Business Help Melbourne and Australia. So James runs a company called Urban IT Services with his business partner, Peter Nelson. And so Peter Nelson has been in the IT industry for about 20 years now. And James has many years developing websites. And so I'm asking them to come and talk to us about topics about the impact of offshore IT on the IT industry, because I thought bookkeepers are in a really similar experience. And I'd love to hear a perspective from outside our industry of what's actually happened in the IT industry and how the offshoring has actually affected that industry and how these two guys have specifically dealt with this. And they've, they've, they're, they're running their own IT company together in a partnership together and supporting other people in their, the IT function of their business and how they've actually made that work. So anyway, I will look forward to speaking to you next week with my two guests, James Gatwood and Peter Nelson. And I look forward to catching up with you then. See you and have a great week. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so make sure you subscribe to get future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And if you love this episode, jump on and leave us a review. Are you looking for some resources to help build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook page or head to our website, thesavvybookkeeper.com.au. Until next time, stay savvy.